Hi, this is Ellie Fishman, and welcome to our latest podcast. And this will be the one probably that will start off the 2013 year. And it's probably a good topic to start off the year, which is the culture of safety, problems, prevention, and promise. Now, I typically have not spoken about safety, but it's something we all do practice, and it's something that becomes critical in terms of all of our practices. And this was a talk I gave in a symposium at RSNA. And there were two speakers before me, B. Mudge, who's our chief tech at Hopkins, and uh, a representative from nursing. And they both spoke very nicely about how they manage their part of the operation and how they try to avoid error and problems. And um, I did make the point that they gave outstanding talks, but the truth is that uh, with safety, it's kind of that Winston Churchill. It's nowhere is the end in sight. It is not even the beginning of the end, but it's perhaps the end of the beginning. And that's how it is with safety, that there is no end, and it's just a continuous effort 24-7, 365. And that's always going to be that way, because the reality is, is the second you think you have things solved, a moment later you find out you don't. When you look at patient safety, I looked at PubMed, 66,768 references for patient safety. And if you focus it a bit more on radiology, patient safety and radiology, you still have 4621. So there is a lot written, and the one rule I have, and probably all of us have, if there are lots of articles on something, probably no one has the answer. So let me just show you a little bit about who I am and what I do, and this is probably hopefully when many of us think that who am I responsible for and what am I responsible for? Everyone, everything, every day, every event. And the reason I say it that way is that if something goes wrong, I end up getting the blame or they come to me with the problem. So in a sense, I feel I'm responsible and taking responsibility is really the first step. If you're responsible, then you tend to act proactively, really trying to prevent problems from happening, and when things happen that aren't perfect, solving them before they get out of hand. And that really is the good, the bad, and the ugly, because in CT, if people make mistakes, I don't care if it's the radiologist, the resident, the techs, the nursing, the front desk, reception, transport, doesn't matter who makes a mistake, I'm going to hear about it. And if patients are unhappy, I'm going to hear about it. And that's rightly so, because at the end of the day, you are responsible. If the technologist doesn't do the study right and I can't interpret it correctly, at the end of the day, I can't blame them. It's me. And if the front desk is rude or unhelpful, if the transport staff is unhelpful or rude, it's hard to blame the transport. At the end of the day, it's us who is to blame. And there are a number of different articles, and the truth is most people are indeed hardworking and really trying to do a good job. And so blaming people or blaming things is really probably a distraction. And Wachter does make the point that it's far more productive to identify error-prone situations and settings and to implement systems that prevent caregivers from committing errors, catch errors before they cause harm, or mitigate harm from errors that do reach patients. So I think that's a very, very good point, that really it's preventing errors. And it's kind of like all of us have conferences. We have a case conference at Hopkins every other week where I show interesting cases or things that were missed or almost missed or things that are tricky or potentially you need to be aware of. And the goal there is to prevent misses and errors. 
And this article by Donnelly, a uh, review of the literature, showed that safety programs are often created and run by hospital administration and nursing departments. Sometimes one physician is involved, often a chief safety officer or chief of staff. We believe that all members of the radiology team actively engaged in the process have been integral to its success. And that indeed is important. I think one of the things we want to avoid is when directives come down, do this, do this. You know, 800 emails telling you what to do by a person who doesn't take care of patients, by a person who's an administrator whose goal in life is sending out memos and lecturing everybody else. So I think for all of us, whether you're a radiologist, a technologist, a nurse in radiology, uh, you really have the opportunity to really make things better, and it's our responsibility because we have a better feel of what's going on. Uh, people do use these computerized dashboards, and dashboards are kind of cool because they have really nice charts and everything, but um, they can be helpful, but, you know, it's kind of like the dashboard in your car, all those idiot lights. You have too many lights, no one pays attention to anything, and you can have charts, and maybe it's good if you're presenting to administration, you're writing a paper, but at the end of the day, it's not really about charts, it's really that one-on-one -on -one of how the patients uh, interact with the, with the providers, whether it's technologists, radiologists, or nursing, it's that whole process. And patients aren't measured on these dashboards. I think they're good, they're helpful in some ways. You can collect numbers about errors comparing year, this year to last year, but you wanna be very careful that you don't spend all your time working on dashboards and not working with the patients. Institute of Medicine makes the point also that health IT is often the problem, that transparency and cooperation between the private and public sectors are critical to creating the necessary infrastructure to build safer systems that will lead to better care for all Americans. That the fact is this health IT uh, is not always the answer. Again, it's very, very important that we worry about the safety of health IT, and the Institute of Medicine makes the point that it really is indeed a challenge. And there are many articles that really make that point as well. This article by Stewart, communication breakdown in HIT systems are contributors to error and should be addressed. HIT systems need to be monitored and flaws addressed to ensure proper quality care. And so, again, thinking that you have computers and computers are gonna solve all of your problems and do the quality assurance for you is definitely a giant mistake. I think computers can be helpful in quantifying data. Computer programs, if designed correctly and used correctly, can really help prevent errors at times. But again, assuming they're doing this is probably a, a big error. Now, my experience from doing this for a number of years Easiest thing, hire the right people. If you have really good people, everything else is easy. And that's the number one thing. I was out at Apple and Pixar and Google and, and NVIDIA this summer, and that was the same thing everybody said. You gotta get the right people. They spend lots of effort on hiring. Just hiring a warm body is gonna come back to haunt you. You need the right people. And then you need to set expectations and keep reminding people of the expectations. You wanna keep the rules simple, but enforce them across the board. Training is critical, and after you've trained people, you need to retrain them. Training is a forever process. It's also important that you personally follow the rules. It's great to tell people to come on time and work till the end of the day, but if you're coming late and leaving early, it's probably not gonna be all that helpful. And remember that at the end of the day, we're here because we're here to help patients, and patients have put their lives in our hands, and we need to make certain that we really earn their trust. 
Another thing is uh, monthly meetings are great, but when you have problems, you need to solve them right away. I think waiting a month to solve a problem that happened today, everybody will forget what the problem was, what the problem is. If you solve something right now for something that happened an hour ago, people understand it, there's a much better chance that you're really going to solve the problem. It needs to be done now. Waiting to solve everything in a month or bi-monthly meeting is just silly. I'm on a committee where they sent me a note the other day that they want to know if March 28th is good for that meeting. Any committee that meets twice a year is just really window dressing. You're not solving anything because it's just an hour and you're just basically killing time. Uh, key things, again, uh, everyone in the radiology chain needs to be involved. I think it's important to walk the floors. I think, again, sending emails, particularly critical emails to people, is really not going to be very helpful. There is a reason there is a delete button on computers. Deleting those emails usually happens within .0001 seconds. And again, it's this constant process. So things that we've done at Hopkins, we have a website. Many of you have been to CTSS, and obviously you have and you're on CTSS, and we provide lectures like this one, we provide quizzes, we provide cases, we provide protocols, all the things that really enhance practice. We answer questions to the best of our capability. We have lectures that share our experience. We've moved not only from the web, but from the Apple Store, and here's two of our programs. And again, it's this constant process of trying to figure out how to do things better. When you look the future in quality and safety, again, you have to recognize that mistakes happen to everyone, even the most experienced people. And again, a good rule, although it sounds bad, is always assume the worst. I think we assume that mistakes can happen at every level. And if you try to figure out ways of preventing those mistakes at every level, you're probably going to be uh, most successful. So for example, how do we deal with radiologists as in terms of us preventing errors. I think every one of us who reads films recognizes that we all make mistakes. We try to avoid it. We try to be 100% accurate. But reality is that's impossible. So as I mentioned before, we have bi-weekly conferences where we look at interesting cases and miss cases. Cases reviewed to focus on the challenge of the case, be it the scanning protocol, post-processing, or data analysis. And we do this in a very safe environment. Pens are not permitted at the conference. You can't write down numbers. No one is looking who dictated that report that was missed. And we don't mention names or anything else. So again, it's this openness that really makes it very successful. And we have 100% attendance. And we've learned about mistakes. There was an article we wrote a couple years ago talking about the mistakes that, even with experienced people, will constantly happen. And we looked at many of these errors and tried to avoid or think of ways to avoid them. Whether it be something like an unsuspected PE that was commonly missed. It wasn't missed on a rule out PE study, it was missed in an abdominal CT. And we know oncology patients, one to 5% will have incidental PEs. So one of the things we tell people, particularly in oncology patients, particularly with pancreatic cancer patients, for example, look at the first set of images. Don't worry about lung nodules alone. Look, is there a PE present? 
and often it'll be in the thin sections you see it. So think about PE as the first thing, and you will pick up these incidental PEs, which can be very important. Patients are not feeling well, they're tired, lethargic. Well, everyone assumes it's chemotherapy or radiation therapy, or it's the cancer. Often it's the fact the patient has a PE, and because they're a cancer patient, nobody is really thinking about it. We talk about failures to look at portions of the examination. We talk about failures to look at windows. But again, solutions, as I said before, high suspicion, how to read the images. We need to talk about you know, human errors and misses. Well, there are many reasons for misses and misinterpretations. Some of them can range as simple as the scan protocol. Some can be as simple as how you look at the images. If you only look at axials, you're gonna miss things. And some is your interpretation strategy, poor search strategy, poor diagnosis selection. So for example, the wrong phase of acquisition. We worry about radiation dose, but you need to have the right phases. So for example, what about this case? Here's the oral contrast issue. Is this a gastric tumor or not? Well, the stomach's not distended, even with 3D. What are you gonna do with this case? Are you going to say unopacified, can't evaluate? Are you going to overcall, undercall? Well, you need a rule. Every patient needs to get 250 cc's of contrast when they get on the table, regardless. And then the stomach looks like this. Same patient, multiple polyps are seen in the stomach. You would have missed it with the other scan. Or this case, venous phase imaging. Look at the pancreas. Look at the pancreatic head. Is it prominent? Eh, I don't know. But look what happens if you would have scanned that patient instead of right now at 60 seconds, at 30 seconds. Look at that obvious neuroendocrine tumor that you missed. Almost three centimeters, very obvious. It's not obstructing pancreatic duct, and it's not obstructing the common duct, and it's not really going beyond the confines. But look how obvious it is when you look at it on arterial phase, and on a nice venous phase study, you just don't see it at all. You miss this lesion, if you only looked at the right images. Again, the critical importance of getting the right phases can't be overemphasized. Or this next case of renal cell carcinoma, left nephrectomy many years ago, routine follow-up, look at the pancreas, it falls to the renal bed, that's classic, post-left nephrectomy. Is there a mass present? Well, I don't think so. Looks, I don't know, does it look full to you? Well, look at it with arterial phase. There's a three centimeter plus renal cell carcinoma metastasis to the pancreas. Very obvious, but not so obvious on the original images. And we talk about errors at Hopkins. We did a study at the pancreatic conference looking at outside patients. 23% of the time we change their management. 19% almost, or 18.7% exactly, was due to the radiology. So radiology done correctly performed correctly, interpreted correctly, is critical indeed in, in management. And it's not just at Hopkins, and it's not just the United States. Here's an article from Ireland. They talk about departmental radiology discrepancy meetings. Those Irish have a very nice way of saying misdiagnosis. But they talk about the majority of discrepancies are due to false negative interpretation and occur primarily in plain film and CT reporting. They talk about multiple errors. And they made the point that discrepancy meetings facilitate collective learning from radiologic discrepancies and thereby improve patient safety. They provide the radiologist with the invaluable opportunity to reconsider current practice and when indicated to change and improve practice. Critical point, it's that safety 
by having these discrepancy meetings. And this errors is not something that's a small versus large hospital problem or private practice versus academic or a clinic versus a hospital or U.S. versus the rest of the world. Uh, it's a problem that's continuous. It's a problem that will never go away, and it affects everyone in the same way. You can improve. There's an article by Donnelly which looked at improving safety, for example, and they found out that by putting performance into perspective, they were able with a safety program to not eliminate errors, but they had a serious event every 200 days as opposed to every 780 days. So they didn't eliminate error, but they reduced its frequency and they improved in 10 of the 12 dimensions in the survey. Another article talking about, uh, by Coster, talking about interventional radiology. With a checklist, they were able to uh, decrease the deviations from doing things correctly from 24% to 5%. So again, we did not eliminate error, but they sure decreased it by 80%. And so articles like this one by Donnelly making the point. In our opinion, the key cultural transformations that must occur to improve safety include recognition that safety is an issue, emphasis that everyone is accountable, and creating a culture where people are expected and encouraged to speak up in the face of uncertainty. And so one of the things you really want is if people are uncertain, speak up. Um, I carry a cell phone 24-7. People call me 24-7. I never say, why are you calling me 3 in the morning? I just simply say, what's the problem? How can I help? And you give an answer. It's much easier to solve problems before they occur than trying to do something after the problem occurs. It's really this proactiveness. It's the fact that you want people to ask questions. Uh, if people are uncertain, just ask. And I think you need to sort of develop a culture where people are not afraid to ask. And I think that indeed becomes very, very important. So concluding, patient safety is a challenge and will always be a challenge 24-7, 365. We need to be zero tolerant of mistakes, but recognize that mistakes do indeed happen. We recognize that training and retraining, going to courses. We have a course February 14 to 17, 2013. Go to our course. You'll learn a lot about CT that will help you perform better. Again, the right people is everything. Uh, you have really good people. You can indeed be successful. So it's really a tremendous challenge. It's a challenge that really will not go away. And a good Lombardi quote to end, perfection is not attainable, but if we chase perfection, we can reach excellence. And I think that's what we try to do is we try to be perfect. Realization is it's not going to be possible, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't keep trying. And with that, hopefully this is a start for a great year, and hopefully 2013 we'll be doing things far better than we did last week in the year 2012. So... With that, have a great day.